and welcome back to the podcast. And if you're new, this is the Gardener and Artist Notebook. And I'm joined by Ellie. Hi. <laughs> Which you may notice she's not in the room with me on this episode. And that's okay. COVID is happening and things are rolling and we're getting there. But today we're going to be talking about food yes. forests. And Ellie, do you know what a food forest is? I would have to admit I do not. That's okay because um, I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to take you on a journey and I'm going to okay. make you picture the forest. I'm going to make you picture a beautiful forest in a second. So if you're if you're listening and you don't know what a food forest is, it's essentially a way to become more self-sufficient and a food forest is one of the best ways and one of the best probably modern examples of how you can do this so it's a it's essentially becoming self-maintaining self-producing um all from your own backyard or from your land so sound interesting yeah. right? <laughs> it does i want to know more <laughs> so i think i'm going to be Are doing we- most of the talking in this episode aren't i um <laughs> so what so if you're looking at a food forest or the best way to get a basic understanding as to what it is, you need to look to a natural occurring forest, right? So yeah. what what's in a forest that you notice, Al, when you, you walk through one? Um, lots of trees. Yeah. So, there's a, <laughs> so, you, so you don't know where I'm going with this. So there's a lot of vegetation, right? So there's a lot of layers to a forest. So if you're yeah. walking through a forest, if you – look in every direction there's a layer there and every single plant is adding to the productivity and the health of that forest so every single plant has a role right all part of the ecosystem yeah so everything has a reason so in a forest you'll find you've got the very top layer which is the canopy right and then this top canopy is providing the shelter for everything below it and shade and below that, you've got the next layer, which is your subcategory. Um, I guess you could say trees and taller shrubs. And they also provide opportunities for anything below them to grow. So you've got the canopy layer. The next layer down is the understory layer. And then you've got um, more of like a herbaceous layer. So these are plants that tend to die back through the winter and they come back up and um, fill that space yeah. in the summer and the spring. And then you've got the ground cover layer, which is anything that will cover that forest floor. And then in some forests, you'll have a vertical layer, so vines that may go up the trees. So you'll find there will always be plants that will sadly be suffocating other plants in that forest, but it's about balance. So fight and fend for themselves. Well, so, so, yes and no, because if you look to a forest, everything thrives, right? It's all healthy. Very yeah, rarely you see... depend on each other, I guess. Yeah, you very very rarely see a very sick forest. All the plants are really healthy. They're growing well, even though they're extremely overcrowded. But there are plants that will suffocate other species, but it's almost a, a form of method to make sure nothing overruns the forest completely. Creating a balance, I guess. Um, yeah. But if you go to a wild, like you go out bush, um, particularly up out past um, or, you know, to the outer parts of Gippsland, you'll see areas where there's weeds like broom and it's completely yeah. destroyed that balance and 
those forests are overrun by broom. So that's when the ba- the balance becomes, you know. Yeah, um, nice to stuff that. Yeah, yeah. So, so how does it apply to the garden? Well, it's the same principle. You work in those layers. So a yeah. food forest garden is based on the same concept. So you manipulate it to obviously benefit us with the production of the fruit. Edibles kind of thing. Yeah, so it's predominantly edible plants. You're pretty much putting edible plants in every single layer. Um, So, yeah, so it gives you that. So what are your layers then made of? So it's the same. So So you've got like the the canopy, so they might be, to start off with, ornamental plants or ornamental trees to provide that shelter for the first few years of establishment of the actual edible trees and shrubs. Um, And then after an X amount of years, you actually sacrifice those ornamental trees and you cut them down and then you mulch them. So they're just kind of your initial... Yeah, so they're um, your initial layer. So, But the idea is you cut them down, but they're not wasted because it's always heartbreaking to cut down a plant, right, or a tree. But they're not wasted because you turn them into a mulch and then you put that back on the garden and it feeds it back in so the food forest is all about using every single layer and every single plant that's in it to best you know benefit the space but also to give you the most productivity in that space yeah so you know what would you what would you use for your lower down plants like yeah so like everyday veggies kind of thing so like if you've got so you got your canopy layer which originally so it starts off as your ornamentals and you can also put fruiting trees in that may take x amount of years to establish so that would be your canopy layer your sub canopy could be dwarf fruit trees so anything that grows to two meters or 1.5 okay. to two meters what, would, what like any can, how many can you get of those like well, it depends on your space that you're doing, but you can, oh, in terms of the varieties, like you've got dwarf citrus, you've got dwarf nectarines, peaches, apples, you could pretty much get anything in a dwarf these days. Yeah. So it's really good. And then the next layer down would, so your shrub layer, you're looking at bushes. So it might be like fruiting berries, like blueberries. Um, and then the herbaceous layer, just like in the forest could be, it can be culinary herbs. So herbs that might die off and come back depending on your climate and your zone. But you've also got things like companion plants, which aren't edible. Well, you could plant edible flowers, but their purpose is also to attract pollinators into that garden because without pollinators, you're not going to get fruit. So you yeah, can... Yeah, so they're important to it as well. Yeah, so you can you know contribute a little bit of space to those ornamental flowers, but they're still serving a purpose because the food forest is all about having a purpose for every single plant and reusing every single plant. And then, once again, the ground cover layer, you can use things like strawberries, thyme. Any of those are, you know, a good little um, fillers and they're long-term fixes. They're going to stay in there for a long time. And then if you want climbers, you don't have to have climbers. could be things like grapes, passion fruits. Or you could do canes, like raspberries and blackberries, as long as you maintain them, oh, yeah. but, you know. So, so do you have to, like, keep changing changing them or you can keep them for a long time? So those like, plants are ones. what you call perennial, and a perennial plant is something that will live longer than five years, so you don't need to rip them out and replace them. But annual, okay. if you plant, like, annual flowers, then, yes, being an annual they only have one life cycle so they die at the end of their yeah. cycle which is usually within a year um, so you would recommend probably perennials if you want something that lasts a bit longer 
Yeah, a bit of both. Like you've got a annual flower called um, borage, which is really good for attracting bees. And the reason it's so good, it comes out as a royal blue um, flower and it's a star-shaped flower. But when the bees take pollen from it, it turns purple. So you know oh, that there's pollen. Yeah, so you know there's pollination occurring in your garden. So it's a really good way it's to. Pretty convenient. Yeah, it's a really good way to see, um, you know, that you've got, you got it going right. You got the combination right. I wish, wish a lot more flowers did that. <laughs> yeah. I guess when they're dead, you know they're dead. <laughs> you know that they're dead. But yeah, so there's something that is, you know, pretty pretty useful in that sort of setting. But a food forest, yeah, essentially is to, um, be as pr- productive with the space you have without using too much resources because the idea of a food forest is they're sort of going to be self-maintaining too so you shouldn't have to really do a lot of work so you could get chickens and they deal with a lot of the pests but okay and there's not really meant to be any flawless stuff that kind of yeah yeah Yeah. but it's also um the philosophy if a weed can grow in that garden there should be an edible plant or a plant there doing it, its purpose. So, yeah, it's a food forest is essentially a forest of plants. You want it to be completely chock a block, um, full. So, and yeah. you reusing anything that um, you know dies, like the annuals, or even if you have to remove branches, like that same philosophy with those orange trees, you mulch it and you're putting nutrients back into the ground. You're reusing what you've been growing in that spot. So. Yeah, so food forest is quite an interesting concept. Yeah. Have you visited any food forests at all? No, because when I started researching them quite a lot, it was probably at the start of COVID because I had to do some magazine writing on it for um, a, well, pretty much the Garden World magazine. But there's a few around um, Victoria that look really interesting. But the concept came from, I'm pretty sure it came from America. So it was a very popular thing over there and then it's come over here. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, it's something that I'd love to try and do because, you know, why why waste your garden space if you can grow and grow your own food? Yeah, that's no, it's a, a good concept. It's kind of, you know, self like you said, self sufficient. Mm. Um, I but guess yeah. it requires what minimal work as well. Mm, once it's established, but. It can take a few years to establish because the average fruit tree can take three years before it'll start producing, you know, decent okay. sized so crops. It's you kind of got to yeah, it's something that you build up. Yeah, you got to plan it out. Yeah. So if you're setting up a food forest, like your site is really important. So you need an area that gets um, sunlight for most of the day or a minimum of at least six hours. Because um, anything yeah. less than that, you won't get the flavors in the fruit. Is there a particular soil you should use? Because I remember from our first episode, we were talking about different different soil types as well. <coughs> or is that kind of just more dependent on the individual plants? Um, soil is important. Um, so you can do soil preparation. And the if you want to do it the correct way, right, you're not going to go out there with some herbicide and kill off your lawn. Instead, what you do, you can no, get... you'll kill your veggies too, right? Well, no, if you're setting up, this, say you're setting up the fruit forest and you haven't already got a spot cultivated or organised, what you do is you get any old cardboard and you lay that yeah. down on the grass and you do about two to four inches um, of wood chips or mulch and you do that... On top of the cardboard? Yep, and you do that over the winter period because it's a real wet period of the year. And the idea is over yeah. that 
three, four months, you don't plant anything. But what you're doing is you're killing that grass completely because all that moisture is going to go through, soak through the carbon. It's going to decompose and it kills the grass naturally underneath. And it creates okay. a really humus-rich soil because it's all breaking down um, into so the soil. That's a way of, I guess, killing the grass without using any yeah. sprays. And yeah, things. and it doesn't cause any harm that way, but it's just a longer process, but that's the way it should be done. But in terms of the yeah. soil itself, yeah, a humus-rich soil is always really good, so something that's more loamy or even clay. Clay is not that bad if you can work it and okay. make it um, a bit more friable, but if you've got sand, you're going to have to add a lot of compost. Um, into the soil to make it rich because it won't be holding much nutrient and if you're growing veggies and anything that's going to produce fruit for you you need good soil or else you're not going to get that reflected back in the fruit yep feed those veggies Mm. yeah feed those veggies but you can also use like um grass clippings like once you mow your your lawn dump all your grass clippings in the one spot too and that will break down, act like oh, a yeah, bit of a mulch as well. It breaks and it, down, like yeah. Compost. And it'll put nitrogen back into the soil, which is really good for foliage growth. Um, so you can do that. Um, and then just using your own, um, like even your own, um, if you have a worm farm and you get compost out of that, that works really well if you work that into the soil too. So worm castings is what they call it. Yeah. Mm. But you've, but sort of going into a forest sense, um, I remember a few years ago you sent me some photos of you harvesting shiitake mushrooms from a forest. Yes, in the forest of Japan. Yeah, so why don't you tell us They're about massive, that? Massive mushrooms. Um, they had them on, I don't know how you'd say, like wooden, um, wooden logs kind of tied together, like in a triangle shape. They're almost like um, little... Um, like a little teepee hut yeah. kind of thing yeah. in the road. Mm. And they would put the spores on the on the wood. And you'd have these massive mushrooms growing off and you'd just pick them off when it was mushroom season. But it was in really dense, mm. dark forests that you would go picking them. Picking them. Mm. And it was only in certain areas, though, wasn't it? Like, it had to be a particular type of forest. Because um, they, the, yeah, yeah. If, if I remember, because I saw I saw the TP things when I went to Japan, but I didn't see the mushrooms at that point um, growing. But it was, it was a a very heavily pine forest, wasn't it? From memory, it was. Yeah, yeah. So you got your dense pine forests. Mm. Yeah. But um, so sort of going back to how they actually do it to describe it a bit more. So they pretty much drill into these. I'd say they're pine logs or redwood mm. logs, um, and they insert what almost looks like, how would you it's describe It's a spore, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's a spore that's been wrapped in um, sort of like a bedding material or um, like a growing medium, but it almost looks like a, like yeah. a little, do you call them um, dowels, the wooden dowels? It's like the shape of that, and they get yeah. hammered into the um, wood, and then over a period of time as there's more moisture in the air and the temperatures are correct, the mushrooms start growing from those little plugs. Um, and yeah. then that's when you've harvested. And some of the ones that you sent me photos of that you harvested were huge. Like, absolutely. They were bigger than my face. <laughs> what are you saying? Are you saying you've either got a small face or a big face with what you're saying there? <laughs> um, maybe just a medium-sized face. Medium-sized face. But these were huge. <laughs> these were huge <laughs> mushrooms. Um, 
but yeah, going sort of tying that into a food forest, you can even you know set up your own little mushroom spore logs, which you can buy online. Um, when it's kind of, well, it's starting to get into the right season. In the next sort of two three months, it'll be mushroom growing season. Yeah, and you can you've got your, your, do um, that. Your pine trees would be effectively your canopy, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like if you're looking at it. Well, yeah, but you'd need a really big block to grow pine trees. But you can create the same sort these of environment. Are, these are forests, so. Yeah, these were massive forests. But no, you can do the same thing if you have a lot of density to your fruit garden. You can install yeah. those logs and you can create that nice little environment for them to grow in. Otherwise, you can do it under a deck and that, but you don't get the same sort of volumes of um, yeah, germination. Yeah, the, the, the um, temperature as well would make a big difference. Yeah, yeah, so it can't be too... And, yeah, if it's that. too hot, they won't grow. Like, they won't um, germinate from their spores. It has to be cold, chilling weather, and it has to usually be quite dark as well. So that's where if you put yeah. these into a food forest if with high-density foliage or canopies, you're going to get really good um, strike rate with them because you've got that yeah. sort you're mimicking that environment. But it's a, it's a really f- interesting way to, you know, garden. It's a sort of a newer concept. Well, it's an old, old theory, but it's been made a bit more modern and it's coming to more... Um, I guess you could say it's being a little bit more popular because of permaculture and people wanting to be self-sufficient and reduce their water um, or the amount of water they're using. Um, yeah, and I guess a way of maximising small space if you only have a small yard, that kind of thing. Exactly. And it yeah. sort of is limitless as to what you can do. You can really get quite creative with it and you can fill a very small space with a lot of plants. Yeah. So you might see me doing that in some in the near future. Yeah, actually. and maybe growing some shiitake mushrooms. <laughs> shiitake mushroom. You know what? I grew portobellos last year, and they were amazing. I brought some shiitake oh, mushrooms, and I just didn't didn't do too well. Um, it was a mushroom box kit, which works just as well. But I'm going to try the oh. logs this year. Um, so I'm going to be getting them through in the next yeah month or two. Yeah. So I'll have to give you some. All right. You'll have to let us know how it goes. <laughs> Yes, I will. And I'll eat them all. You have to share some. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so Food Forest, if anyone's interested, um, there is a blog post up on my website that you can read all about it. It goes into quite big detail. It's a very heavy topic in terms of facts and how to do it and all the processes and things, but essentially it's mimicking a natural forest and you're taking those principles and you're implementing them in your own garden and you're trying your best to not have a big footprint, like reducing your footprint and being more self-sufficient and more more economic, I guess you could say. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely something we should all try. Mm. A bit hard for you where you've got a small space, but maybe one day. <laughs> Yeah, I can aim for it. Yeah. Well, I think that is it for today's episode, and we'll be back next week, won't we? Ellie? Yes. You, <laughs> you, you yes, just no. disappeared. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode, and if you have any questions, send them on through, and we'll catch you then. Yes, we will. See you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.